Welcome to another edition of Game Wild. We are getting into uh, the month of March, episode seven of season two. So we are uh, we're trailblazing here, everybody. Uh, I just want to do some housekeeping uh, before we get into our stuff. We are giving away a copy of Retromania digitally oh, yeah. on Steam. Um, please check our Facebook group out to get more information. All you have to do is, you know, click a couple of buttons, get some points. The more buttons you press, the more chances you have to win the copy of the game. So we're going to give one copy away. You will have to friend me on Steam to get it. It takes 24 to 48 hours. So please note that as you try to enter, if you are already not a friend of mine on Steam. Uh, and obviously give us likes, positive feedback, all that fun stuff on the podcast apps, YouTube, all that stuff. Join our Twitter, our Facebook group, and uh, just be part of the fun that is Game Wild. What do you think, SJW? Uh, well, I just shot the link up in the chat, too, so you guys can have that as well. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited. You showed me this this whole platform or whatever for doing the giveaways, too, so I'm excited that we can uh, finally start to do some of these giveaways yeah, yeah no exactly but yeah so and it's with wrestlemania which is something that we uh retro. Retro. Oh, sorry sorry yeah. retromania sorry well it's a wrestling game okay it's the same thing um it's retromania which uh, again we we met them at uh you know pax yeah. each which, East. Is, which, which will be awesome. a year which will never uh, happen we, again at this point it will be a year <laughs> um, joe joe we went to the very last pax east ever that there ever was oh no, <laughs> supposedly having another one we have to work that out and um, hopefully by then we'll be live streaming on like other platforms to uh, show off what's happening when we're there uh, and putting videos together. So tirelessly putting video games together, videos together for video games and everything at PAX East. All right. Um, it's in June. So, so Joe, the question so, of the week, gotcha. oh, which also, so, and I'll, I'll shoot this out there cause it's really my fault. Really oh, uh, we we can't do game eats this week because my dumbass decided that my snack box that I got that I ordered for us that has like chocolate from South Africa in it that I'm really excited to eat by the way like I was hyped to eat this South African chocolate. Well, now that's not happening because uh, I'm an idiot and forgot to give Joe half of whatever we we're gonna do this week. So with yeah, that said, so. we're gonna continue it next week, starting with South African food, which will actually be pretty nice because. All the other stuff was generally that we've done so far was from like the U.S. or Mexico, right? That's pretty much everything yes, we've done. Yeah, that's so correct. We're expanding our reach now into other countries. Yeah, to try out different types of game eats. So, with that being said, we will get into the question of the week, which comes from you this week. Have you what franchise would you like to see as an MMORPG? Yeah. So, you want to go first? Because, or you want me to go first? Well, it's tough because I've been pondering this and like. There's, there's a lot coming out, right? There's a lot of stuff happening. There's the new Star Wars one coming out, although there's already been Star Wars one. Um, speaking of like all the RPGs, we have a little guest here. A kid, a kid RPG, maybe. You could have a child RPG happening. Anyways, you have Star Wars, so that's off the table. You have a Harry Potter one coming, so that's going to be off the table, right? Um... You know what that hasn't succeeded and I'd love to see come back? It's just like a straight-up superhero one. Whether it be um, another Marvel one mm -hmm. that just it didn't 
didn't Marvel Heroes, I believe it was, didn't really succeed. Um, there was a, a, a actual like third party style one called um, the Heroes City of Heroes. And then they had an expansion called City of Villains where you could be a hero or a villain. Um, the biggest problem was is that there were so many copyright battles. Like, people wanted to make, like, third-party characters and stuff, and they couldn't. So, like, I, I remember I was uh, Neo Spider because I couldn't be Spider-Man because they wouldn't allow it, obviously. So I just did this. I actually created a guild. We were called the Neo Elite. And you actually like had a website and everything. It was actually pretty good, and I enjoyed that. So I'd love to see a superhero style RPG come out. I, I gotta I, I, come back. It's weird because like they've made, like you said, they've made superhero MMOs before, but mm-hmm. they just never have gotten it right. I don't think. Um, and I, I don't like what was the one that they did recently that never really took off. It was supposed to like everybody was really excited about it. What was it? <laughs> Does she know? Wow, that's um, a, talk about a throwback video on YouTube too, gang. Yeah, style. right. <laughs> so I, I don't remember like so Marvel. Was it Marvel Heroes, Universe? Was it was that the name? Or, of it? No, it was like Marvel Heroes or something like that. They ended up canceling it or ended up bringing it down. So that was that was the failure it's just it seems like they've never really done the superhero genre justice with an mmo and they could have yeah, they, no, they, they could have done it they, they could have done a really good job at multiple points i think so they could have for sure yeah 100 <laughs> percent. as we have a dancer on the screen so does she you see she's seeing that she's on stream and now she's performing yeah. she's gonna be a natural streamer when she goes up right exactly well we just set up our we set up a roblox account for her and i to stream together. Oh, really? I... That's awesome. There you go. So she is going to be a pro streamer soon. Maybe. And we're going to, I'm actually working on five to see if I can get my Rough House Plays character as a Roblox guy. Oh, there you yeah, go. I... Oh, wait, you're going to actually, what, like, get, like, the dog face and everything on a... Yep. Jesus, wow. And, like, a hat and a hat <laughs> and the jacket and uh, the jacket with mm-hmm. the uh, with the shirt with this with the logo in the middle, mm-hmm. like literally, legitimately, just like try to do some Roblox stuff. So, all right. So what yes, game... we're going off topic. So, what about yours? What game I mean, do technically, I want? Roblox is an MMORPG almost for God's sake. Technically, yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you thinking? What do I? So now the one the reason I asked this question first off was because of what we're going to talk about later. With Pokemon Presents, which would just uh, which just happened with that, so I, I'm not gonna use that. But I would say, you know, it's I would say Dragon Ball Z. I think that I think they made one not too long ago, but it wasn't again. It didn't really do Dragon Ball Z justice. Like I think they've had spots where they could make really good RP or MMOs on a lot of these yep. different games, but they've just missed the boat. Like, Final Fantasy was a perfect example where they they failed miserably at 11. And they, they kind of failed at 14 when it first came out, too. But then recently, they've kind of picked things up, and now 14's great, which I actually started playing a little bit, by the way. Um, and it is it's very, very good, at least to get started. And um, right. So, yeah, I think that it's really a matter of redoing some of the other MMOs that people have given a shot before, and it just kind of failed and missed the boat. Um, with that said, we're going to talk about one that's a long time coming and just a little bit here that 
I think everybody has wanted, and it's yeah. actually surprising that's taking this long. But before we get to that, before we get to that, New Egg lottery system was uh, is in the news. So we're gonna go through a couple news things here first, and actually a book that I started reading uh, before we get to Pokemon Presents. But Joe, you found this article. What? So this was basically to pre- prevent like bots and stuff from the the whole PS5 yeah. and Xbox debacle again, right? Yep. Yep. So basically, they're trying to introduce a lottery system for you to to get stuff that you want which was twofold really one it was to show you this and talk about it but two for you to set up for uh your playstation 5 wants you know you've been struggling on getting a playstation 5 this is a chance to possibly get into it because now you manually have to it basically pulls away the box because you're not going to be readily available for the public going to be a system where a real consumer will be able to get it. Um, who knows how well they'll do. I'm sure scalpers will figure out a way to get put into the lottery system, but my guess, if I had to guess 100% how the lottery system is going to work, is they'll probably look at to see if you're real. Like, what have you bought? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Most people have had a new like, account in the past, so it's not like it's impossible that um you couldn't get that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so so, so what's the deal you basically just sign up that you want one of these systems and you eventually get you know fixed. specifically it's interesting because specifically i haven't seen anything that um points to exactly how you sign up to be part of the lottery system and if you like are picking something specific um honestly i don't know i should uh it I says, check it out it says called new egg shuffle the feature randomly chooses consumers who have an account to pick an item that they'd like to purchase on the website. If successfully chosen, the customer will then be notified by email and they'll have a three hour window to complete the purchase. So, but but now I'm assuming this is for any item, regardless of, of like, so I'm assuming they're only gonna do this if every single item is in stock. Cause like then what if they pick an item that's not in stock? Is that is that possible? Um, well, that's why it's, it seems kind of ambiguous because I am thinking um, let's see here. So there is an FAQ um, on their website. Our drawing system encourages internet products that are currently limited in supply. So the Wake Shuffle is really for the higher end stuff, the yeah. PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, the GTX cards. Those are that. Um, there is an app. So basically, and I'll put it in chat right now if you're in the live stream watching this live i will put it in right now for you guys to go to right there although it didn't look like it picked up the whole the whole thing for some reason there's a comma in there yeah i think that's weird that's super weird i don't even think commas can be in in urls (laughs) i didn't think so either but um yeah and now i'm being blocked so it's like you can't put another message in but there is technically (laughs) a comment in there um but yeah so there is a qr code that's that gets you to, to download the app um some products are experiencing manufacturing supply supply constraints mm-hmm. um experience was not ideal so we developed the shop culture offer our customer fair way to purchase products and source supply and take behaviors that would give anyone an unfair advantage um so it's very interesting on how they're doing all this um 
I mean, I'm probably going to sign. I just had another one of my friends on Facebook post that they got a PS5, and I'm pretty pissed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Wow. Um, so one of my other friends got a PS5. But, like, I can't. I have tried so many times to when they come up, and every single time, I've probably tried, like, eight or nine times at this point. Every time I get it, it gets in my cart, and then it ends up, like, oh, sorry, sold out. On any, I've tried Walmart, Best Buy, like, all these different things. So it feels really bad. I'll get one. One of these days. One it's of these bad. days. It's still ridiculous to me that they still are like short supply. Yeah, right but now, they're but. but it's there right there. So uh, like I said, I would just so unfortunately you're not going to be able to click the link. But if you just copy it, if you're in the live chat, if you just copy the link and then open up a new tab and paste it in, you'll be able to get um, get mm-hmm. to it and see what it's all about. And we'll put the link in the in the description of the. Uh, podcast notes in the video so you can see um, how you could possibly get entered to win a hot button item from Newegg. So that's the first step in battling this. Obviously, we have all the government stuff and the government's going to kind of step in and see what they can do. So we'll see how that goes. But if anything, I cannot do anything for the interim, like for the next year, probably at the very least. So there you go. All right, so next up, I want to – I, I don't usually do this. I just wanted to mention this because I thought this he was – wants to read something, guys, to prove that he's not with the rip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to prove I know how to read. Well, no, I actually thought this was really interesting because I, I don't think a lot of people really truly think about the history of games. I think they think of – like if I say the history of video games, what do you think of? Like what's the first thing that pops into your head, Joe? Like Nintendo, Sega. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like old school stuff, right? Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, and you think of, like, you know, or, or maybe some people even think of, like, Pong, back on the very first computers, like, old, old stuff, right? I don't think people actually think of where the origin of games themselves came into play. When you, when you think of games, you, that encompasses everything. That encompasses kickball, soccer, right? Um, so, I, I guess, this is um, Herodotus, which is, like, some Greek, you know, this is really long ago, okay? This is back in, like... Age of Empires and stuff like that, 1300, 1400. God of War days. Yeah, God, God of War stuff going on, right? So this is uh, – the book I'm reading right now is Reality is Broken. Um, it's written by Jane McGonigal, and she's, like, got a PhD and stuff. She's, like, super, you know, smart and important or whatever. And um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's that's why you write books, right? And uh, it's it's all about how basically vi- – it's, it's about video games and their application to real life and how they help people be better in real life. And um, just in the first chapter, it had this little excerpt about the history of games. And it said, uh, just real quick, when Atis was king of Lydia in Asia Minor some 3,000 years ago, so this is a really long time ago, a great scarcity threatened his realm. For a while, people accepted their lot without complaining in the hope that times of plenty would return. So things were bad. People kind of hoped things would get better. But when things failed to get better, the Lydians devised a strange remedy for their problem. The plan adopted against the famine, so it sounds like they were, you know, food shortage, was to engage in games one day so entirely as not to feel any craving for food, and then the next day to eat and abstain from games. In this way, they passed 18 years, and along the way, they invented the dice, knuckle bones, the ball, and all games which are common. So literally, dice came from this, too. I guess they used to use sheep knuckles for dice. That's how they made dice. And um, so basically, they're saying, okay, everybody didn't have food. Everybody's starving. But they had, an, they had enough food, right? But, like, barely enough. 
So in order to forget that they were hungry and starving and that famine covered the region, they would one entire day not eat, which people do this for a diet nowadays, right? They think it's like the cool yeah. thing to do, right? You just fast for a day and then you play games for a day. Um, so, but they would play games one entire day to forget that they're hungry. To, and right. Now, people always say that games are like escapism and stuff like that. But so you can mm-hmm. see that long ago, that's why people were playing games. So I just I, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was interesting information that that people that uh, play video games might want to know. Just where yeah. Yeah, shut shut up with my phone notifications. So um, I don't know. I really like that, and I and I like yeah. knowing that about games. And I'm really interested to see where this book goes. So if I find any other interesting stuff to. Uh, give to you guys, all the listeners out there, and you too, Joe. I'll, I'll definitely be sure to bring it up here on the podcast, and we'll see what else uh, happens there. But good. back to 2021. Forget 3,000 years ago. We have Pokemon Presents. Pokemon. Oh, my God. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to bother with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Whatever. It's the same freaking Pokemon equation that they've been running for the last 30 years, right? But, Joe, have you seen anything about this Pokemon Legends Arceus yet? No, this is the first time I've heard of this from uh, from you. Uh, dude, dude, dude. Just, alright, listen. How long have you probably thought to yourself, especially when Pokemon Go came out, where is the Pokemon MMORPG? And now, we have it. Yeah. It's coming. No, I, honestly, it never crossed my mind, I'm going to be honest with you. I think, you know what? No, honestly, I'm glad you said that because honestly, I think that just shows how good of a job Pokemon's done. I think yeah. they, they have their formula and that's it. Like that's, it works. And they continue to use that formula over and over and over and over again. Um, Pokemon Go actually went away from that formula a little bit, which I thought that was going to be kind of the MMO. And it, it kind of, sort of maybe was, I guess. But um, this is just straight up MMO. This is like World of Warcraft, but for Pokemon. And I, for one, am excited. And I I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting to see if they can actually get most of the people on the planet, similar to World of Warcraft, to play an MMO based around Pokemon. I mean, is this I something you would pick up? Uh, if it's free, yeah. If it's if it costs money, probably not. I'm not going to lie to you. I would, uh, I would probably be more apt to do it if it's a free game, like a free MMO, like what we've had out in in the markets and then you just buy stuff like that you want mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I would actually jump on this as a uh, you know pay to play yeah I don't know I it's weird too right because I love po- and I've talked we've talked numerous times about how amazing Nintendo is and I on the surface I'm like yeah Pokemon MMO like I've wanted this forever this is great I'm gonna play it and then I think about it I'm like is Pokemon do I want Pokemon as an MMO? Because when I think of MMO, I think of Final Fantasy. I think of World of Warcraft. I think of armor and shields and upgrading equipment and loot and raiding dungeons. And, like, th- that's the typical MMO formula. And now it's got to catch all the Pokemon and level them up and and just battle over and over and over and over again doing basically the same thing. I mean, I, I just I'm curious to see how they make it and what the system is like. Are you as a trainer gonna have items that you can equip, right? Like, are the Pokemon now gonna have like items that they can equip? Because I don't think you can get a, get away with just skills alone in a Pokemon right. MMO. I, I, I don't think there's enough there to really keep interest. So, 
Um, definitely very curious. But that's what they announced the Pokemon present. So it was pretty cool. Alongside yeah. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which obviously everybody just expects that they announced two Pokemon games now. Um, <laughs> it's just a thing. Right. Um, and yeah, the, uh, just, I don't know, man. This, this, I, I'm definitely going to check it out. And I'm curious to see what it actually ends up being when everything's done. done. Yeah, no, so. I hear you. Well, that being said, let's talk about something that's dying. <laughs> Pokemon very much not dying, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, apparently, uh, Stadia is possibly going away. Oh, man, Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. How many, you know, I almost regret joking all the times that we've joked about Stadia. It's like, did we did we contribute to this death? Did, did we contribute to this dying system, Joe? Is it our fault? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it was our uh, our clout that brought Stadia to <laughs> I, I don't think so either. Um, man, what are your what are your initial thoughts before we actually like dive into this this article? What what do you like? Have you ever? All right, first off, actually, let me ask, have you ever played Stadia? No, I don't have a Stadia set up. No. And you've never touched it all. by like somebody nope. else that had it or anything? Nope, not at all. Me neither. So my my biggest thing is that I think it's just they didn't put forth the effort that they needed to put forth to get it done. That's at my end of the day. At the end of the day, I just don't think they did enough. And I think you also look at the market place as it is. And we're essentially a bunch of smart people in the gaming world. And we know what we should be getting and what we shouldn't be getting. And maybe it just wasn't that. You know what I mean? Maybe it's... It, Maybe it's ahead of its time. Who knows? But it, it it definitely didn't seem to be that way. It just just failed because I, I don't I just don't think it had enough clout with Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, all that stuff. It just didn't work out because mm-hmm. we were collaborating with them. They were trying to build a platform, and I think if we collaborated more with those mm-hmm. companies, maybe something would have happened. But I don't. I, that's why I think it failed. Well, you know? and you had mentioned to, so you, they actually say in the article that we, and keep in mind, this is from Bloomberg too. This article is Bloomberg. Bloomberg's a pretty mm-hmm. reputable news source, right? This is, this is more of a business type thing. So this is, this is a business view on this platform just failing. And, you know, they did think when they made Google Stadia, yeah, this is going to be the killer of consoles, right? Like this is this is going to be the new way because everything's being streamed, everything's on the cloud. Like I think everybody understood that concept of what Stadia was trying to do. The problem is, I don't know if you you knew this because I, I read up a little bit on Stadia and kind of just to get a better idea of why it failed the way that it did or why it's failing, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. They were basically charging people. Like let's say it's a a brand new, excuse me, Assassin's Creed because they were big about having Assassin's Creed on there. Mm-hmm. They were basically charging people full full price for the Assassin's Creed game, and yeah, sure, you were able to play it on Stadia, but it's downloaded on Stadia's servers. So now, not only and you you know me, Joe, I love owning the games, right? Like, so not only do you not own the the physical CD copy, right? You also don't even have the download file on your on anything that you own. Period. Like, you actually, now you 100% don't own it. You literally just paid, essentially, $60 mm-hmm. to permanently rent access to a game. 
And I don't think, I think that really spooked people a little bit. Like you're already yeah. shifting everything to the cloud, but now you're telling me that I actually like, I'm just paying to not even download it on my own stuff. Like, I don't like that. Right. Uh, because then yeah, the second they deactivate not. the service, then guess what? Then where's the game go? You don't have it anymore. They can't, right, exactly. if, if Stadia ever stops working, you actually can never play that game again. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a concern. It started at $130 for the kit. It was like a Google Chromecast with a controller, which is a lot lower than the other systems. Mm-hmm. But it just never really took off. And then apparently, I think we actually talked about this on another podcast, Joe. They made their own game development spots in Los yes. Angeles and Montreal. Well, that's what they closed out on February 1st. I think we talked about that a right. couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, I think this is why it will end up, and I think they said this at the end of the article. They said specifically, um, you know, without some drastic changes, it could still face a pretty googly outcome, as they put it, being added to the long list of products that Google has killed. And me and you both know Google and Microsoft have killed plenty of stuff. Like there's an Amazon. They, there's stuff that just doesn't work out. And I think that with them closing down their own internal game development studios it's on that path because what else do they have to offer now? They don't have anything. No, they got nothing. Like they have some games that are only offered on stadia, I guess, maybe, maybe it was (laughs) very limited. It was honestly very, very limited. Like I, I don't understand. And now, now you, now you look at Microsoft and I know you love this whole thing that Microsoft has done. Mm -hmm. You Microsoft's iteration, like what Microsoft is doing is what stadia probably should have done. Right, like yeah, but Microsoft's also been growing this for fifteen plus years. Exactly, you know what I mean. This is not something that just like Microsoft's like we're gonna do this. Like they have a following, and they've had systems over a, a long period of time that have been successful to be able to do this. Google probably just had their own like, oh, you know what? Let's just we're we're at Google, so let's just we're just gonna do whatever there. we want. Yeah, <laughs> exactly because we can. Well, actually, speaking of that, you, you mentioned you know we're Google. So I guess, and what this article touched on too, is that when Google releases stuff, they usually release it in beta for quite some time. Like it's actually right. a publicly available thing, but it's just open to everybody as a beta. So I, I don't know if you knew this. You probably know this, but uh, Gmail was actually in beta for five years. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And, and so when I think back to that, like I, I've been using Gmail basically since it was released didn't feel like it was in beta the first five years it just felt like it was gmail it was pretty good um they didn't actually do that with stadia they just kind of they, well, they released it and marketed it like it was okay, well stadia, because stadia had hardware with it and i think that's why you can't free beta test it with hardware you know yeah but wasn't chromecast in beta too or maybe not mm, maybe chromecast no. wasn't no well, you had to buy chromecast so even if it wasn't beta you were paying to get into it so maybe so. maybe it's the free thing then that was the uh, the issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically what Bloomberg was saying is that they pushed, they actually tried to actively market this console and push it like it's mm-hmm. like the next big thing, and they don't usually do that with their products. Google right. usually goes, "Hey, we have this cool new idea. Why don't you check it out?" They don't go, "Hey, we have this idea that you have to buy because it is going to revolutionize everything, and you guys are—it's going to kill console, like it's going to kill whatever its predecessor was." They don't do that, but they did that right. with Stadia, um, mm-hmm. and maybe that was maybe they just were a little too big for their britches, like you said there, like they—they they were being too Google about it. They were like, "We're Google. We make we make big things. Er, you know, you you go out of business. We yeah. make our stuff." So, 
Um, right. And it just didn't work. It, it didn't. Well, work. that's Amazon. Well, yeah, that's Amazon now. Yeah, yeah. And so and that just goes to show you that. Well, and look at Amazon's game studios. What a success that's been, right? Like, it's funny. It's very interesting to me. And maybe this is the conversation we should be having, Joe. It's very interesting to me that you have these two behemoths in the world, let alone the tech industry, Google and Amazon. They basically own the world. Like they are in fa- I guess you could throw Facebook in there too. Google, Amazon, Facebook. What are what do they all have in common right now? They all can't make video games. Hmm. They've and and I know Amazon and Google have tried. I don't know. Did yeah. Facebook try? Not that I'm aware of. Te- or te- remember technically, or Facebook made the VR thing, right? Oculus. Um, but that's yeah, a, yeah. Was that Oculus? That's yeah, but that's a system. That. That's not necessarily games. I don't know if they've made games for because they've all so like Google's made Stadia, right? Like uh, and Facebook mm-hmm. made Oculus. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it does. Facebook own Oculus. Yes, it is. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's a brand to Facebook. So, um. And that's doing okay, right? So I guess Facebook is the closest one to being able to do that. And it doesn't surprise me as Facebook also has a streaming service for gamers, right? Yeah, um, but it's like a separate segment of gaming. Like VR, in my opinion, is yeah, separate. I agree. Like gaming is a niche market right now. So that's probably why it's successful because it isn't like Sony's getting into it and they're kind of have another iteration of it soon microsoft's trying to get into it so like the big players don't have a foothold in that market which is why i think something like the oculus has been able to um keep its you know i agree the playstation versions don't work on computers and stuff like that and i think that's one of the biggest things that people Mm -hmm. will take from it is that hey you know vr is more of a computer-based than a system-based situation, which is another reason why I think something like Facebook is successful with it. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, hell, you even have if somebody like HTC can make a freaking Vive and be successful, like you know, it's a there's much less barriers to entry in that specific mm-hmm. niche, like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, I get to agree with that, but yeah, it's just so. I guess it just it, it seems like it's very difficult to actually make a video game go figure like you know maybe just maybe nowadays even even and now you have a company like um whatchamacallit wow uh cd project red that failed miserably at cyberpunk now granted there's a lot of various reasons why that happened and obviously they're still a great game developer like they make the witcher they have all these great games and not not for nothing i started playing cyberpunk a little bit more now have you did, did you get it did you play it yeah, I have it. I have it for the Xbox. How, how far are you into that game? I haven't played it in months. Did you so, Did you like it when you did play it, or is it still? It was really all right. Crazy? It was fun. It was like it's a first person shooter with some cool little mechanics to it, but nothing that like I said didn't feel revolutionary. Didn't find my, feel mind blowing. Felt like a a decent first person shooter, honestly. So now that I'm actually sinking my teeth in it, it feels more like a. Uh, it almost feels like Division. If you played that before, a little bit, yeah, just no, with the, the text aspect added to the the shooter. But um, but anyways, so it just seems like nowadays, like people, everybody's like, I'm gonna make a video game. I'm gonna make a video game. A lot of people all try to make like this new mobile game because it's so easy to make money on mobile games with with ads and stuff, right? 
But then you have two huge companies like Google and Amazon that fail miserably. They just can't get any games to catch. Why? Like, why do we think well, that is? Because they, well, one, they really haven't made anything good. I think the first key, you still have to make something good. Why though? Why, right? why haven't they? Like, what? What is holding them back, and what's preventing them? Like, why have they given these shots, and they just it, you, again? I, okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's just sometimes you're a little bit too big for your bridges, and when you get into something that you're not um, a leader in, it, but you've been a leader in so many other pieces, you kind of come in with a, a a chip on your shoulder that you should be able to be successful in this no matter what because you were successful in all these other realms and. I think the gaming market's just a different beast. It's a different set of consumers. It's and it's difficult to break into it. And people have seen the BS of certain things and are like, "Listen, we're not going to fall for that. We're not going to go through that. We're we're kind of, um, I guess, also brand aligned, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think most people either are like singular minded branding or they're like, "Listen, I love games, but." I love quality games, so that's why I own a Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, so a PlayStation, and an Xbox. Is because those are the titles that are going to do it. And then if you have the money to have a PC, you have that as well. Um, luckily, most of the stuff that um, fan PC is available on, um, like the Xbox and the PlayStation, so can't afford a high-end gaming PC. It's the same on the console, so I think that's a big step. And unfortunately. I think Stadia was just uh, reaching through. It's funny. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I almost, and you know, I don't want to sit there and say I'm happy that a company failed, but, or failed at something, but I almost feel like it's good that specifically Google and Amazon failed at making video games because they do, I do think you're right. I think that culturally as, as two different companies, they just assume that they'll be able to do things better than other people because they've done so with so many other things. Like they have, they have reinvented. Like, I don't get me wrong. I give all the credit in the world to Amazon and Google. I think what Amazon does with delivering stuff and offering, uh, uh, like this this whole website where you can just snap your fingers and stuff shows up. I think that's great. I think it's good for the world. It's good for humanity. I think everything Google's done has been astronomically great for this world. But when it comes to gaming, I just, I actually like that they just, they tried it and they saw that it was so difficult. Like, oh, wait, we can't just snap our fingers and hire some developers and make something great? Like, no. Games are art. Like, they they require effort. They, crea- they require creativity. Like, you're a content creator when you're making a game. That's why content creators are big online. Like, they're creative. They're original. They're entertaining. It's not just this set formula that you just keep reproducing over and over and over again. And I think that's Stadia is they thought it was just a formula. You make a system, you, you provide a new and different way to get it to consumers on the on the cloud, on, you know, uh, storing it mm-hmm. on Google and and just, all right, it's going to work. And it didn't. It didn't. They, right. And that's why they, after they made Stadia, they started up their own game development to try to make original content, realized they weren't just going to snap their fingers and get it done in a year. And then, oh, we're going to shut it down. It's not, it's not that easy. You know, so, yeah, um, yeah so Stadia, I want to clarify to everybody listening. Stadia is not dead. It's just more so 
dying than it was originally. Like it's always been the heartbeat is low. Yeah, I think I think it's been dying since like I don't know the beginning of COVID. Um, and and for it to not flourish in COVID when everything else in the world, video game wise, is you can tell it's not gonna it's never gonna catch on. It's just not gonna. It's on its second hook for all you Dead by Daylight fans out yeah. there. It's oh. on its second hook. <laughs> look at look at you with the DVD it's right to be sacrificed <laughs> to the end. Oh man. So right. speaking of other things uh, that are kind of dying, increase twenty twenty one live event has been canceled. Yeah. So another live event that they were trying to bring back for twenty twenty one has officially been canceled. Yeah, Joe. I. This is why, like, you thought I'm not joking when I say that might be the last PAX East we ever go to. Like, now, granted. I think we'll come back in at least another year or two. I I, I think we will be back in 2022, 2023 at the worst. Well, I think I think Penny Arcade Expo will. Yeah, PAX 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the concern is that... So actually, do you know when PAX started? Um, God, it had to have been in the uh, mid to late 2000s, right? I think, dude, I think think it was way... Think about it. It's named... Oh, wait, no, it was early. The first PAX, known at the time as Penny Arcade Expo, was held August 28th to 29th of 2004. See, I would have thought it would have been, like, in the 90s because it was a Penny Arcade, right? But, um, but yeah, so 2004. So, now when... when No, because the Penny Arcade, I believe, started off as a document, like like an actual, like, book and stuff. Like, it was magazines and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So, all right, so I was actually going to assume that it was older than E3, but apparently E3 started in 1995. Well, E3, yeah, E3 is definitely the pioneer. So, but it's interesting because E3 is having the harder time in recent years, I'd say in the last five years, right? Yeah, well, because I think of what come of it, right? Like, the, the people that are involved. Like, Penny Arcade, PAX is not as big as e3 okay so there in lies the problem right e3 is the monolith so when you have the monolith you have all the major companies coming together mm-hmm. to, to make announcements and do things it is an event that is only hand happening once a year in a specific area where pax is segmented Everywhere. across the country there's a pack east there's a pack south all that stuff so you have more chances to go so, like, E3 is a one-time winner-take-all shot, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I think that's where it, why they're suffering so much, because they're not spreading it out. They're not going to multiple locations. One-time shot, and they're taking the monoliths with them. So they need to have Sony. They need to have Nintendo. They need to have Microsoft. And in some cases, lately, they haven't because of how you've been able to do your own stuff. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the reason why Sony's bowed out of the last couple of them and things like that, you know, outside of the virus situation. But there was writing on the wall before this happened, so. Well, yeah, actually, I'm glad you said I was just going to say, too, so EA, Sony, and Activision have all abandoned E3 recently. Those are, like, I don't know, three of the biggest players in the world for video games, so that's a big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. And you mentioned being in one spot, right? So... I don't think, and, and and I don't think that means they need to have a physical event all across the country. We've seen, obviously, with COVID, 
I think the easiest thing is, okay, let's have digital events, maybe even throughout the year, and then have one big one still, like, with a physical event paired with it, but have events throughout the year to do stuff, right? Like, don't, you could, you could do this digitally. You don't have to be restricted because the other issue too is like the article that, that we're reading anyways, which is from Video Games Chronicle, um, EA and Ubisoft started running their own digital events and they did well. Like they, and, and what if we then every time we have a podcast now, Joe, where we talk about the Sony state of play or Microsoft, what's Microsoft's called again? Oh, they have a bunch of different names for it. I don't know. I don't know. What the Microsoft's monthly, like yeah, At this yeah, point, yeah. all of these people are having monthly updates now. Monthly mm-hmm. updates we're getting from every single video game company. And that's what, so like back in 2004, let's say, or like back when the PlayStation 2 came out, um, in the early 2000s, E3 was where you got updates from big companies. That was where you, got, there wasn't monthly things. There wasn't like, if, if you would only know that stuff if you were like working at the company at that point. Obviously, we're in a different right. world. We have internet. We have all this, all these things to communicate more effectively. So that's why we're having these monthly updates. So I think that's where E3 is kind of missing the boat. You have all these other people that can just do things on their own. So now what do we need E3 for? Right. right? That E3 needs to set itself apart and do something different. And it hasn't. And in fact, it's losing anything that it's doing different because people are just straight up leaving E3. So, you know, I joked about us going to the last PAX East it's probably more likely that the last E3 happened in 2019 before COVID hit. Um, it's possible. 100% possible. They even so. had in this in this article too, um, I guess, uh, Reggie Fizami. Uh, I love I love saying his, his, <laughs> his name. Reggie Fizami. Uh, he is not very enthusiastic about E3 being able to, to actually get its shit back together for lack of a better term, right? Like, uh, they need a better way to get, and that's that's I guess what E three had, right? They had the ability to get games that weren't released yet into people's hands and have them playing right. it. Now I mean, we can do that digitally. Yep. All right, here's a here's a limited two day beta. Boom, everybody has access to it for forty eight hours. We're gonna pair it with a digital event. I didn't even need to leave my computer to set all that up. Right. You know? Feedback too. I mean, more companies can work with gamers to get the information they need. You know, so I think it's a, I think it's a big deal that these conventions could be a thing of the past in some respects. I still think some of them will continue to happen, like PAX, because of the reach of going to different places. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens for sure. Well, that's hundred percent for sure. But moral of the story: the uh, the live event for twenty twenty one has been canceled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, at least going to be twenty twenty two until we get something else. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But, all oh, right. Well, well, let's get to the positive note. Positive <laughs> Back positive. to the positive. Let's go. Let's get. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a deal. It's roughhouse deals time. As uh, per usual, we have a good deal for you here. We found Epic Game Store has got ten percent off a game that. People have been pushing pretty hard. It's getting positive reviews. It's called Curse of the Dead God. On the Epic Games Store, you can get a 10% off. 17 is the price. Normally $19.99. Uh, you'll be able to get the price until March 9th. Uh, the game is stated as the chief uncle witches of eternal life. Divine powers that lead to this accursed temple. A seemingly infinite labyrinth of bottomless pits, deadly traps, and monsters. 
So it's like Diablo-style looking game, single player only, but it's on sale. Got a lot of positive reviews. You can get it on the Epic Game Store right now for 10% off until March 9th. So um, if you're looking for something to try out that's different, you can get it on sale currently. Wait, so, so that you said that's like Diablo? It's Cursed a it's a Diablo-esque style like type game. Yeah, actually, so. I'm I'm just I'm pulling it up in uh, in the Epic Store right now. Which yet again, yep. you know, we have another another Epic Games deal. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of see what it looks like. Yeah, it's it's funny though because what was it has similar art as well uh, to what was the yeah, other one yeah. that we just that we just uh, um, Torchlight. It's it's Torchlight, similar yeah. art to Torchlight. It's very cel shaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's just interesting how many people are trying to kind of recreate that Diablo type. Uh, God, I can't wait till Diablo Four comes out. Ugh, I hate Blizzard, but I'm gonna buy Diablo. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, what do we got coming out this week? A little bit of a shorter list. Harvest Moon, One World for the Switch. Always, always been a Nintendo thing. For those of you who don't know, uh, <laughs> this is this always blows my mind how popular these games get. But it's uh, you know, you, you harvest stuff, right? It's an agricultural RPG. <laughs> Because we all need that in our lives. Uh, but it's always gotten good reviews. Harvest Moon, one of the better games out for Nintendo. Uh, that comes out March 2nd for the Switch. Maquette. So this one's interesting when I took a look at it. Um, This is... Okay. This is the description of Maquette. And I'm going to read this description because I have never seen a game like this. Ever. This is like its own genre. Maquette is a first-person recursive puzzle game. That takes you into a world where every building, plant, and object are simultaneously tiny and staggeringly huge. Maquette makes it possible by twisting the world into itself recursively in an M.C. Escher-esque fashion. I can't even actually fully comprehend what that what that means <laughs> in my brain. Um, but I, I took a look at this, like, watching the video. It's... Basically, from what I gather, you're, like, placing objects. Like, imagine you have a dollhouse, right? And it's a yeah. replica of your actual house. And it's like you, you place an object in the dollhouse, and it shows up in your actual house bigger. Like, but I don't understand, I don't understand what the point of it is. But, like, it's also a well, love story, I guess, within the game. So Okay, well, just in case you guys are wondering... Um, if you are intrigued by Marquette, if you own a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5, it is going to be free for PlayStation Plus members in the month of March. Oh, so wow. if you are interested and concerned about what this game may bring to you, <laughs> you get it in March via the PlayStation Plus store. It looks like starting Tuesday. Um, March 2nd, so yep. you go. Yep. So that that's going to be available for uh, you it says PlayStation Five here, but I'm not sure. So and you PS4. Want to to see and PS4. Like, no, but on the on oh the for PS4. free, for free. Gotcha, gotcha. So you gotta check yeah. and double check that. Wow, it's almost like we planned that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's and you know what? I gotta mention something too because there's this game and then there's one other on this list that's also for the PS Five. I still from since the beginning of the year and since like December, not a whole lot of Xbox games coming out for the Xbox Series X. Uh, which is a little nope. little concerning. Um, I really wish they'd come out with some more games for it. But anyways, Monster Jam Steel Titans 2, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia, not dead. Let's go. March, March 2nd. We all know what Monster Jam is if you want to go drive some big old trucks and roll over some tiny old cars. Um, 
Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, for PS5 on March 2nd as well. So this was actually previewed like when they were announcing the the PS5 and stuff like that. Uh, it's a role-playing game. It's Yakuza. It's the Yakuza, you know. I mean, I, I feel like at this point we've all played a Yakuza game at some point in our life. Um, and it's also... Okay, yeah, does this say it's also for the PS4? Did it already come out on the PS4, it looks like? It may have. I think, I think this was already out yeah, on the PS4. PS4. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's on PS4 and Xbox One as well, and this is just I guess getting a, a facelift for for PS5. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that'll come out on March second. Sir Love Lot PC PS4, uh, PS5 Xbox One Switch on March third. So Sir Love Lot is on a quest to find the love of his life. This is a this is a platformer game, right? It's actually developed and published by Pixel.lu. Um, and it's interesting. It's like it's one of those side scroller platformer games. It kind of looks like Sonic, uh, as far as like the graphics and stuff are concerned. And you're just this little pixel looking night guy, and you go on a quest to, to find and rescue damsels in distress. So, uh, if you guys want to check that out again, that's going to be on March third. Kill it with fire, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on March fourth. Uh, this one is a first-person action game about hunting spiders and causing collateral damage. They really... It, blow, it blows my mind. So I just imagine, like, somebody walking around with a flamethrower freaking out over a spider this big, like, really, really tiny, and then blowing up their house simultaneously. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it kind of sounds like how this game is gonna... It's, it's, it's listed as a comedy game, too, so... Yeah, um, sure. But it blows my mind how many different topics people find to, to like, make games about. Like, who who actually thought, like, you know what, guys? We're going to make a game solely focused on killing spiders with flamethrowers. That, that's the game. That's the game. That's the whole premise of the game. Um, so that actually comes out on March 4th. Ranch Simulator for PC. If you ever wanted to own your own ranch, now is the time to do it. March 4th. It's, it's, not the dressing. It's, yeah, not, not the dressing. And... Two Point Hospital Jumbo Edition. This is a game that we talked about months ago that it was getting released. Yeah. And I still haven't played this, but I really want to play it. Like it seems really, really interesting. It's it's like it's like roller coaster tycoon for a hospital. Um yeah, and it's, it's pretty fun. I played it. And, oh, did you you did play it? Yeah, yeah. And you like it? Yeah, it was fun. It's like who doesn't like roller coaster tycoon, right? Like it's it's exactly. the new one again though, the new one really disappointed me when I played it. It was not the nostalgia I was expecting. Uh, of the old ones unfortunately yeah so but that is gonna do it that comes out on the fifth and that's it for the game releases and this episode of game one so hey guys we want to thank you all for coming along on this wild adventure as per usual we will see you next week on another edition of game 